0: your Bibles to um, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, and uh, one of the hardest things um, when you uh, when you come and preach or speak anywhere is picking a topic. Many times it's easy if you're there for a while you can pick a series and you know what's going to be next, but um, picking just one topic it can be really hard sometimes because, I mean, there's so much in the Bible. You could pick a million things to preach on and <laughs> it'd all be in there. But, um, but I picked something finally and uh, sometimes it takes longer than other times. But, uh, but it's, uh, we'll be preaching from Colossians 2 and uh, we'll start in verse 6. And if you all stand with me for the reading of God's word in Colossians 2. We'll start in verse 6 and we'll read through uh, verse 9. As soon as you get there, we'll read uh, Colossians 2.6, and it says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, And not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You may be seated. And uh, let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for tonight. And I just thank you for a beautiful day. And I thank you, Lord, for a a weekend we can enjoy and uh, celebrate. Lord, I just pray that you would um, be with us now as we're here, Lord, worshiping around your word. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit and give me power. And I pray that your word would not return void and help us, Lord, to learn from your word and apply its truths to our lives. And please be with me and help me to say all you want me to say, Lord. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Dependence is a fact of life. As I know many times in our lives, it seems like throughout our lives, we always have to depend on something. It seems like, I I know just uh, last week I had to depend on my car to get me home, and I know we depend on our vehicles, we depend on our phones, we depend on our computers, we depend on friends around us, we depend on lots of things in our life, and it seems like dependence is a fact of life. I think when I was driving home, uh, I was driving from Lancaster to uh, San Jose, and uh, I was finally done with school, I was like, yes, this is the last time I'm going to have to drive from Lancaster up home driving on the 5, which how many of you have driven on the 5 before? Uh, many of you know it's not the most exciting stretch of road, and uh, I was glad this was going to be my last time for a while having to drive that, uh, that drive. So uh, long story short, I had to get up at 4 in the morning to take some people to the airport and stuff. So finally, I get on the road, and I'm driving home, and I get a little past Bakersfield, and what do you know it, um, I start seeing my front left tire f- literally fall apart. And I was looking at it, I was like, what in the world? It's hitting my car and, and rubber's flying everywhere. So I just said, okay, well, I better stop and pull over. So uh, I stopped my car and I pulled over real quick. And, uh, and my tire was literally falling apart. The, the outside just ripped off and I think it was a default tire or something. But long story short, I changed my tire and I drove the rest of the 200 or 250 miles on my little spare tire. And uh, that was fun. And uh, I was depending on my tire to get me home. And uh, it sadly didn't. And uh, many times we depend on lots of things that fail us. A lot of times we'll depend on things and they just don't live up to our expectations. They don't live up to what we needed it to live up to. And I mean, you can think of a computer that you have and then all of a sudden it crashes. And all the stuff you had on it is gone and you, you don't know what to do. Or you have a phone that you need to make a call and you just can't get signal and your phone fails you. And like my car, the tire just failed me. But it's a blessed thought to think that we have one person that won't fail us, and that's God. We, we can depend on so many other things in our life, but there's a blessed thought that we can have, that we can rest assured in that we can depend on God and he won't fail us. In, in Hebrews 13.5 it says, God says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He says that he will never change. I am the Lord, I change not. And we can depend on God. As he will not change, he will not fail us. And oftentimes we seek independence from things that fail us. As we try and get away from our computer because we know it's going to fail, or we try and back it up a million different ways, because we're sure that it's going to fail us someday. And many times... My, I like my car, I had a spare, because who knows, maybe my tire would fail me, and what well, do you know, it failed. And we seek independence from many things in our life. But, can I ask you, are you seeking independence from God? As we see that God will not fail us, and we can depend on Him, but are you seeking independence from Him, like you seek independence from everything else? as it seems like it's the, the goal of every young teenager to get independence, to, to get away from their pa- family, to be able to do what they want to do. Are you seeking independence from God just like that? As You, you want to do what you want to do because you feel you know what's best for your life. And we seek independence from God when we shouldn't, when we can trust in God because he will not fail us and he will not forsake us. But the goal is we should seek dependence on God like a child. As uh, many of you know, the last uh, week or so, and back in January, I got to stay at Jared and Lauren Smith's house, and it's been uh, fun staying out there and enjoyed it, and uh, thank you again for letting me stay. And uh, one thing I've gotten to see is how dependent kids are on their family, on their parents as uh, little Aiden's over there, and it's been fun getting to hang out with Aiden. And uh, it's just, it's, you just get to see how dependent children are on their parents. As I mean, Aiden needs his parents to, to feed him. They, they need him to change his diaper. They need him to take him around places. Aiden is dependent on his parents. And you could ask Jared or, or Lauren, and they would tell you, yes, Aiden is dependent on us. And that's the kind of dependence we should have on God. As in Mark thir- uh, Mark 10 verse 13 and 14 it says, and they brought young children to him, that's Jesus, that Jesus should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. And we see that the kingdom of God is made up of children. Not necessarily children in maturity, but children in faith. As we're to have faith in God like a child. And we'll get to it. I know this passage is talking about salvation, and I'll, uh, I'll show you how this applies. But we should have faith like a child in God. Just as Aiden has faith in his parents that they'll provide for him, that they'll feed him, that they'll take care of him, that they'll take him where he needs to go, we too should have faith like a child in God, knowing that God will provide for us, that God will lead us, that God is trustworthy, and we can depend on God. Because true Christianity should be made up of a bunch of kids. Not in maturity, as we should be mature and and be able to take the strong meat of the word, but mature, but children in faith. So how do we seek this dependence? How how do we seek to be dependent on God like a child? Well, tonight I'd like to show you three ways that we can be dependent on God and learn this childlike dependency on God that we should all strive to have. I see the first uh, way we can be dependent is to have a dependent following. In verse six, it says in the text, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I see the first part of the verse, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. And I see the reception of grace. Now think back. It says, as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Think back with me in your own life when you received Christ Jesus, the Lord. Think back when you were saved, when you received that gift of grace, that gift of salvation from God. Think back when you were saved, how that you received it. Did you receive it of grace? Or did you receive it of something else? Well, of course you received it of grace. It says in Romans eleven six, and don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll explain it all in a moment says in Romans eleven six, And if by grace, talking of salvation, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is, work is no more work. And we see that there's a difference between grace and works. As, I know it's kind of a tongue twister, but basically, Paul is saying, if you have grace you can't have works. But if you have works, you can't have grace. You can have one or the other, but you can't have both. Because if you have both, then grace is no more grace, and works is no more works. Because you can't mix the two. You have one or the other. And salvation is of grace. It's not of works. As Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For by grace are ye saved, through faith. It's not of ourselves but it's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And then also in Titus 3.5 it says, Not of works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy he saved us. And we see that salvation, as you all know, is of grace and not of works. And you think, well, of course we know that. But I'm emphasizing this point for a reason, and you'll see here in a second. Salvation is of grace. It's not of works at all, of any works on our part. But look at the second part of Colossians 2.6. Well, let's read the whole verse. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And you see here it says, As ye have received Christ Jesus which is by grace through faith. The Bible says, so walk ye in him. The same way we received that grace, the Bible says, is the same way we are to grow. The same way we, we are to walk in Christ is by grace through faith. And we can see here the reception of grace when we were saved, but not only that, we can see the retention of growth, how we continue to grow in Christ is the same way we received him. As think back in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, thinking about not just salvation, but thinking about our continued growth in God. For by grace are ye saved, and live every day of the Christian life through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we see here that every day of the Christian life, we are to live by grace and through faith in Christ. As it can't be of works, because then there'll be no more grace. And we must live the Christian life every day by grace and through faith. We must depend on Christ to help us to live our lives. As we could try and live our lives in our own strength, and our own power. But just as we couldn't be saved that way, we can't live a fruitful Christian life that way. As just as if we tried to be saved through works that, 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 wasn't, that didn't work. The same thing is true in every day of the Christian life. If we try and live by works, then it'll fail. But if we live by In the strength of Christ, by his grace, then we will have a victorious Christian life. In Galatians 2.20 it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and died for me. And we see that Paul said, I am crucified, I am dead. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's not Paul that's living his Christian life, but Christ liveth in me. It's Christ that lives the life, the Christian life through us. And we must depend on him and not our own strength. As we can get so focused on doing and doing and doing in our own strength. And just as you can't get saved that way, you you can't live the Christian life that way. Because all that will do is wear you out. All that will do is just lead to failure and failures and failures and failures. But as you learn to live through the power of Christ, then you can have that correct following in Christ, depending on Him to guide you, depending on Him to give you the strength. As we learn not to live in our own works, as they'll fail, but learn to live in Christ's strength as he saved us, and we can have faith knowing that God will help us to live that Christian life if we just put our faith in him and know that he is faithful. He won't fail us, and let's live in his strength and not our own. So we see the following of God, as we need to learn to depend on God and follow him. But secondly, I see that we must have a dependent faith, a dependent faith, In Colossians 2 and verse 7, it says rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And we see that we must have a dependent faith. And I see first off that our faith must be rooted. Our faith must be rooted. As I think about that, how we must have a rooted faith, there's been one thought kind of going through my head the last week or so, and it's, it's really gotten me thinking how that what we learn and what we believe will determine how we live and how we behave every day of our lives. As the things that we learn, it'll help guide us in how to live. And the things we truly believe will affect the way we behave in our lives. As we must have a rooted and, we must be rooted and built up in him, and established in what we believe. And if you turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy 2, and verse 15 and 16, I know it's a, a familiar passage, most of us can at least quote the first verse, but I want you to look at this with me, and see how that, we are to have our, why we should have our faith, rooted and established in Christ. It says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And we see here that we must have a rooted faith through studying God's word. But the reason we should study God's word is so that we can show ourselves approved unto God, so that we can be workmen that need not to be ashamed. Because it says in verse 16, for if you follow profane and vain babblings, it says they will increase unto more ungodliness. You can say, well, yeah, I, I believe that we have an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God. You can say, well, yeah, I believe that. But, is that belief affecting the way you live? You could say, yeah, I believe in an omnipotent God, an all-powerful God that can supply all my needs, except for that one need I have, except for that one bill. Or, I believe in an uh, omnipresent God. that He's everywhere, at all places, at all times, except for when I do that one thing I know I shouldn't do. Or I believe in an omniscient God that knows all things, that knows exactly where He wants me to be except for right now. Uh, I don't know if He knows that. And, and we, we, we say that we believe God is omnipotent. We, we believe He is omnipresent, that He's omniscient, except for in our lives. But if you truly believe that, it will affect the way you live. That's why God says to study to show yourself approved unto God. We don't learn just to get stuff in our head and be able to quote stuff. The reason we learn is because it will affect our lives. Because what we learn should affect the way we live. The, way we, the, the things that we learn from God's word should change the way we live our lives. That's why God says, study to show thyself approved unto God. So that we can be a workman. So that we can do God's work. So that we can follow his will. So we can serve him like we should. And we don't need to be ashamed about it. We could say, I believe prayer works. But I can't really remember the last time I I prayed for more than five minutes. We could say, I believe that these things work. I believe God will work in my life. But there's no trust there. There's no reliance. There's no dependence on that belief. And it's not changing our life at all. And we must have a rooted faith. Our faith must be rooted in the fact that what God's word says is true. And we can trust in that. We can rest in that fact. We don't have to doubt it. We don't have to fear it. We don't have to question it. We can rely on it as truth. Because God said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We can rely on his word. And we must let it change our lives. We could say we believe lots of things. But has it affected the way you live? Because if it hasn't affected the way you live, then it truly hasn't been learned and believed in your life. You could believe it up here. But if it doesn't affect you here and affect the way you live your life, then it truly hasn't been rooted and grounded in your life. And we must have our faith be rooted in Christ. But not only that, we must have our faith and it must be a faith of rejoicing. As it says in the end of verse 7, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And we must be a thankful Christian. As I know, many of us know the verse, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we all know the verse, so okay, I'm supposed to give thanks in everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything, I mean, my car blew up yesterday, but praise the Lord, my car blew up. Amen. And uh, we say that jokingly, say, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be thankful for, uh, for when I break my arm, or when, I, when all these different things happen. And I mean, we are, but we choke about crazy things that happen in our life, and we're supposed to be thankful, and we are, but why? Why, why are we to be thankful in everything? Is there a reason for it, or, or are we just supposed to do it because the Bible says? Well, there's a reason behind it, and the reason behind it is that everything that comes into your life, the good and the bad, uh, the things you like and the things you necessarily don't want to come into your life. Everything that comes into your life either comes directly from God or God allows into your life. Think, think with me about the story of Job. How that Job had a lot of stuff happen to him. He, had his, he lost his family. He lost all of his possessions. He, he lost his health. He lost his friends. He lost everything except for his life. And God allowed it. God didn't necessarily, wasn't the one that took his family. God wasn't the one that did all these things. But God allowed it. But why did he allow it? Because there was future blessings that he brought into his life. He wanted to show him that he was a sovereign God. That he was in control. That he loved him. And there was a reason for it. God allows things into our lives. And we can thank God because he is working in our lives. Because God is, he's teaching us to depend on him. He's teaching us how to trust him. He's, he's preparing us for future blessings. In Isaiah 55, it says that God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. As we're not going to understand everything that happens. And uh, we would kill ourselves trying to figure out everything that happens. But we can rest in the fact that God is greater than us. And we can praise the Lord that we don't have a God that we can figure out. Because if we did, that'd be a pretty sad excuse for a God. But we have a God that we can trust. A God that is higher than us. That is is smarter than us. That knows what's best for us. And we can thank him for everything in our lives because he's bringing it into our lives for our good. And another verse we all know is Romans 8.28. For all things work together for good. To them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And you know what? We're not always going to understand everything that happens. But we can thank God knowing that there's a good reason for it. And we can learn to depend on him and thank him for everything that comes into our lives. So we must have a dependent faith. We must have our faith rooted in Christ. And we must have a rejoicing and thankful heart for all that God does for us. And then finally this evening, we must have a dependent focus. A dependent focus. And in the text in Colossians 2 and verses 8 and 9, it says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we must learn to keep our focus on Christ. And the first way we can do that is to beware the folly of men. As it says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition is of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. As It's so easy to get focused on people and not on Christ. It's so easy to look around and see, see some of the the people that are so successful in our world today we can look around and see the uh, the wicked things that that are bringing success and prosperity to people and you say well I mean there's no judgment there there's no there's they're not getting judged for that they're just seeing more blessings in their life because of that and you might think to yourself well I guess maybe I could do that too and maybe I'll, I'll see blessings too You say, well, hey, it worked for them, so why wouldn't it work for me? And we think, we get caught in this trap of of falling into the folly of sinful men. As we can't be deceived by their philosophies, as they're not Christ's philosophies. We, We can't get deceived by the rudiments of men, by the way they live their lives, or by the world itself. But we must keep our focus on Christ. If you turn your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter seventy-three. As David faced the same problem, as David he he saw that all these men were were these wicked men were seeing such success and prosperity in their lives. Yet he was he, he was going through a, a trial after trial after trial, and he just didn't understand why all these things were happening in his life. And Isaiah, I'm uh, sorry, Psalm. Chapter 73, starting in verse 3, it says, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence, overthr- uh, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, as people return hither, and waters of a full cup and wrung out on them, and they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. And David saw these men and saw that how they totally uh, hated God. And they pushed God aside and said, "Ah, God doesn't see what we're doing. God doesn't know. God, God doesn't care what we're doing. We're seeing success and prosperity. We're seeing all this stuff in our lives go exactly as we want. And the wicked, David sees, are just being more and more prosperous. And his life is just falling apart. But, if you go a couple verses down to verse 17, it says, David says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them, up, uh, set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation, as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors, And we can see that, you know what, there is a judgment coming to these people. As sure, there's pleasure in sin for a season. But don't forget the wages of sin is death. And we see that these men are prospering now. And it seems like everything's going exactly as they planned. But don't forget to not be deceived. For God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. As these men are sowing destruction in their lives, and they're going to reap death. And we could get trapped in this, this trap thinking, oh, well, I can do that too. But all you're going to do is lay up for yourself a reaping of destruction. And we must learn to be dependent on God, not get our focus off of God, but keep our focus on. On Christ, And not get our focus on men, but on God. And then finally, not only must we beware the folly of men, but we must behold the fullness of Christ. As it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. As God, as Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And as we can see that, it's so easy to get focused on the world on sinners, on the prosperity of the wicked, when God says, keep your focus on Christ. Keep your focus on, on what God can do, how God will provide, how God will supply. As we've seen that we can be thankful in all things, knowing that God will work in our lives. And we must keep our focus on Christ. As it says in Isaiah 26, in verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in me. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. As it, it can be easy to get weary, it can be easy to, to, to just think you can't make it. You think, well, I, I just can't make the bills, my car keeps breaking down, or, or man, I just, I just don't know what to do next. As we can learn to focus on Christ, he will keep us in perfect peace. He will give us that eternal strength that we would never find if we kept our focus on the world and tried to follow every philosophy and every new banking scheme, whatever it might be. We could try and keep focused on whatever the world has to offer, and it'll lead to failing every time. But if we keep our focus on Christ, that is where our strength will come. Our strength will come from Christ as we learn to depend on him totally in every aspect of our life. Not living on our own strength, but living in the strength of Christ. As we keep our focus on him, and we determine to keep our focus on him, as he will give us the strength to do right. He'll give us the strength to do what we should do and to follow his will wherever that might lead. So as we see in dependence is definitely a fact of life. As we depend on things throughout our lives, we depend on things every day of our life. But sometimes it just seems like it could be really hard to depend on God. Sometimes it could just seem like it's just too much to depend on God, yet we can depend on our phone with knowing not a blink of the eye. And we must learn to depend on God every day of our life. We must learn to follow God and not live the christian life on our own strength but live the christian life in the power of christ we must have a dependent faith not just saying and we believe something but living that out As the bible says faith without works is dead being alone and we must learn to live what we've learned and we must also have a focus on christ as it's easy to look at the world, it's easy to look at how everybody else is doing in life. But we must learn to look at Christ and see that he will, how he will provide for us. And see that he will give us the strength to carry on, no matter what the circumstances might be. So tonight, it's my prayer that we all learn to be a bunch of kids again. That we learn to have that dependent faith on Christ, like a child as just like we received Christ Jesus by faith, so we must live every day by faith, by grace in Christ. So let's learn to be a bunch of kids and to be totally dependent on God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for tonight. And I just thank you for another opportunity uh, to preach your word, Lord, to preach in this place. And I thank you, Lord, for your word, how that... Um, Lord, it's so full of truth and, and uh, just so many things that will help us to live for you, Lord, and to please you. As Lord, you just want us to depend on you. You'll do all the hard stuff, Lord. You just want us to depend on you and let you do all the rest. I pray that God, you would help us to have that childlike faith in you in all of our life, living every day in your strength and not our own. And Lord, please help us to learn to, to be dependent Christians And we'll thank you for it. And I pray it's in Christ's name. Amen.